this is Jonathan Jacob. That's my full name. I am currently coming to you with a message. The message is simply this. In John 15, it says, Abide in me and I in you, that together we may produce much fruit. But if we don't abide in Christ, we have we have no inheritance. Not only are we lost, we are spiritually dead. That's what the word says. We're spiritually dead without Christ. And when we are saved, he gives us new life. That's when we become new creatures. That's when we're born not of man, but of the spirit. And there's a lot of life in that. So today I'm not aiming to talk long or, you know, get get a, a following I'm, I'm just talking tonight on the merits of what we believe and what we stand on and that's not a building made of bricks or gold or, or stone or any exalted thing it's not, it's not the walls understanding that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God is within us us committed. That's what keeps us going. That's what gives us the faith to go on to know that we have a strong relationship with God. It's, it's hard to quit when, when you have a relationship. It, it's hard for me to just run away when I know you. I'm accountable to you when I know you. And I respect you. I'm going to keep my commitment to you out of respect for you. But what makes this more important is the fact that God is not a man. I didn't say God is not a man, that he should lie. I said God is not a man. He's not. He's not a man. He's not. He doesn't fall short the way we do. And we, we can't see him the same way even when we look at Jesus. Jesus is a part of the Holy Trinity. So there's a respect and honor and a reverence that goes to him. I know the word says he's faithful and just to forgive us, but how many times do we have to stumble or continue to keep falling into the things he saved and removed us from? saved you. He brought you out of that thing so that you could prosper. So, tonight my main goal is just to give the message of the truth of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins. If he had not shed that blood for our sins, we would still be in bondage to our desires. He freed us from the bondage of our own desires further into his presence. So I thank you for having an ear to listen to the message. And I want to say I love every one of you. Because how can I have love for God if I don't have love for you? A lot of you will get mad at me. I love the murderers. I love the adulterers. But only as far as 
I got a love of God. I get angry. I get mad. I don't like the way things go down. I don't like the stuff people do. But at the end of the day, I, you have to can combat hate with love. And one thing I've done that I've asked God repentance for is, is put the acts of a man before the true and living God. I'm just going to be humble, all right, honest. I've been posting a lot on this on man, ex-pastor Kevin Wesley and Dr. Ray Hagen because they left. But not only did they leave, they took other people with them. And me, I did not have love in my heart when I thought about it because it reminded me of Satan. be real about it and it reminded me of Satan not only did he fall but the people that followed him and wanted the things he wanted and lusted after the things he lusted after went with him so out of compassion my goal was to expose this man but he already have quite a following on YouTube so sometimes you just gotta let the truth do what it does and let God be God so yeah I had to repent for that because people don't understand when you love God you have to love God's creation and there will come times of correction but correction should not be done in hate and when I say that a lot of people think that the things we say and we do are right because of the passion and the zeal but it's the passion and the zeal that gives us such a strong hate for the things he hates but he said don't hate the people you read the scripture it said read that scripture it didn't say hate the people it said hate I, I hate them with a with a hate that's real but not because they are who they are. But if you read the scripture in context and the verses around it, because of the things they have done, I hate them with a perfect hate. I cannot build a strong trust and relationship with a murderer or an adulterer or a liar that has not repented and turned back to God. Because then I become a hypocrite. Then the things I aim to preach and teach I, I not so much condone, but I accept. So this day, just come to say this one simple thing. Probably three things. Number one, main focus should be God in our lives. Stop paying attention to the things that are going on in the world. If you're not focusing to pray, your intent is not to build up a prayer or gain an understanding of what's going on or keep your spiritual eyes open. Turn off the news. Stop focusing on the events of the world because all it's going to do is bring sadness. Bring sadness, anger, hatred, or even just nothing. The nothing that it brings can cause harm because our focus should be Christ. Sarah focus should be Christ. A lot of people say, 
a lot of these our focus should be Christ and Christ alone no one for the Father one for the Son one for the Holy Ghost they're three in one they're united number one at least on that the, the second point on, on that same thought would be um that God is a main focus in our lives what does that actually mean it means that my life should bear fruit it means that what's written in that word should be a part of my life it doesn't mean that I should be holding scriptures in people's faces and yelling and screaming at them to repent at least not if I'm <laughs> called to be evangelist I'm not, I'm not fronting on them the way anybody chooses to evangelize or give away the gospel I'm not that's not what I've, I've come to talk about tonight and I've come to speak on this how we show God's love and that's through the fruits of the spirit love, joy, self-control peace, contentment I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to quote all of them but you live by those fruits when it said your life was meant to bear fruit how are we showing love how, how are you showing people that you can keep your peace and self-control kindness hallelujah how many people how are you showing patience to people because when you begin to show people I'm patient they can see fruit they know that you're living the things that you're speaking every day I thank God I thank him in sickness I thank him in health I thank him in wealth I thank him in weakness I thank him when I'm up I thank him when I'm down hallelujah Marvin Winans sang a song and I'm he said in all things give thanks that's what he said and he said on all things give thanks but there's a scripture that bears witness to that as well but I like like a part that he says um, you have to learn to lay aside every weight that easily besets you because we know that all things work together to them that are called according to his purpose. That means that means um even though I may not like what's going on, in the end, God gets the glory. Hallelujah. If you begin to start reading these stories, these people were sold into slavery. These people were caught up in, in dangerous situations. So when you hear them say, count it all joy, when they hear them say you can be content, when they say I have a plan to prosper you, that scripture if you read it, in context reverts, goes back to the fact that Jeremiah was telling the people that you were going into 40 years of slavery, so God will prosper you in that, he has a plan to prosper you, he has a plan to keep you even in slavery so do not run do not run away from the things that that God has called us unto, so many people want to run away from things he's called you unto because it's not comfortable because it's difficult because it's not working I want to give up on it I want to start again I want to figure out what I did wrong why do I deserve this I'm not making enough money on my job things aren't going my way I can't get where I need to go God sometimes places us in inconvenient places so that we can bless other people somebody needs to see you there and not so much see you going up, but your spirit can heal that place. Like my current job, even though I'm on furlough, I, I'm continuing to pray for the, the government to open. And I'm continuing, continually praying that whatever purpose God has for me in that building 
will be fulfilled specifically when I leave. I don't want to leave there knowing that God still has a purpose and a plan for me. Because when you do that, you're stepping out on your own will. And oftentimes we want to run away from a job because we don't we don't like the way it goes. But you don't know how much of a blessing you are to the people on that job. They need you. So many people are running from places that they need to be. And, and everything's not comfortable. And it's not the way you want it. But God may have placed you in that church. God may have placed you in that house. God may have placed you on that job to be a light in darkness. That's what we're supposed to be everywhere we go. We as Christians have gotten to this place where we just want to hang out with the people that are in the light. And that's why I, I'm not saying, you know, let all the unsaved people into your church. I'm not saying, you know, that every per- homeless person should have free entry and free roam in, into the church building. What, I, what I'm saying is that when we gather, our goal should be to gather, not even to spread the word, if that's not your calling, but when you get it, even if you just go home to your family, and your family may be saved, but they may not have heard the word you heard, when you get it, give it to somebody else. If you read something, hallelujah, that's been on your heart, and you feel that the Lord is leading you to tell somebody else, go tell somebody doesn't have to be on evangelism and, and the holiness, holiness, holiness. Share a word. Just have a conversation, a normal conversation. Somebody talk about um being kind or being faithful in a relationship or being honest. Those things are in the Bible. So yes, if you're in the right place at the right time and you're called upon by the Lord to speak, go ahead. Even if you just say, even if you just say, um, I was feeling down and I looked at the scripture and God told me, count it all joy. Like the scripture, um, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But if I'm wrong, correct me on this. It says that we overcome temptation with joy so when I walked into this year God gave me a word the word he gave me shocked me the word he gave me he was talking about how when we stumble and when we fall when we go back into the camp we go back into our camp the camp with our head hanging low and when you do that it's an open call for the enemy to come in and attack you because now he's moving on the guilt of where you were once you repent and turn back to God, once you repent when you're saved, you're you're no longer in a sin mindset. So whether you're whether you're um rededicating or repenting for the first time or repenting again, either one of those three, whatever, whichever one of those three that you're doing, understand. That when God forgives you, he's with you. He's fighting with you. He doesn't want you to lose. He wants you to win. So you got to go back into, you got to walk back onto that battlefield 
with with your um, with with your sword in your hand at that, which is the word you got. You gotta you know read that word like it's life to you, like you can't live without it. But the most important part of that, and the thing that people are not getting, they'll read their word and 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 they'll be solemn and they'll be cross about what was going on with them. No, lift up your hands, even if just in your home, and say, "Thank God, I made it out." And have joy. Because when you overcome temptation, when you say that was where I was and that's not where I'm going, I'm not there no more. I don't live on that street. I don't live that life no more. That's no longer me. And that guilt should fall off should be able to walk in the truth of what you know and stand on the word of God and if you feel and if you feel weak if you feel insecure if you don't feel right about this conversion then you go back to the word then you go back to God in prayer then you seek him diligently and say Lord I need your help I feel like I'm about to stumble and fall again Because the word says he's because of the grace he's given us, we don't have to stumble. Stop seeking him after you stumble. When you feel the stumble about to happen, seek him. God is our father. So when you were younger and you were learning to ride your bike or you were first learning to walk and you fell. Who picked you back up? Your father. Most of us would probably say our mother, but I'm trying to make a point. (laughs) Your father. Your father was the one that picked you back up, dusted you off, and said, hey, go into this thing without fear. No, I'm standing behind you. No, I got your back. No, I'm with you. No, I've got you covered. So this year, he gave me that message, and I'll I'll give that as the Lord tells me to give it, but that we don't have to live in fear of what we once did, that it it shouldn't haunt you like an omen, it shouldn't, shouldn't stand over you in the morning and say, hey, you're not supposed to go back into so-and-so and you need to stay away from this and you're not going to go back into so-and-so. No, you need to walk out there with your head held high saying, this door is closed, it's shut, it's locked. I'm not going back. Change your mindset. Change your thought process. Hallelujah. Read your word and get what you need from the word and it will change your life. lot of us are still in bondage to sins we don't even commit because we're taught as we're taught through church that you have to be solemn about it you have to you have to be cross about it you have to look at it and examine yourself why did i sin why did i fall why did i stumble jesus forgot he threw it into a sea of forgetfulness he will not remember it he doesn't even look back on that seat he threw it into if i were to use an example i'd say he he throws our sins 
like pebbles into that sea and they fall into the bottom of that sea they slowly fall to the bottom of the sea you know making that sploosh sound you know when you throw a rock into the water that you can't see the sin anymore now the enemy and the devil will continue to try to get you to see where you were and try to reform that broken you that kept falling back into this thing. But the healed and strengthened you will be able to stand. The healed and strengthened you will get the glory. Well, God will get the glory, but the healed and strengthened you will share in the victory we have in Christ Jesus. Because the healed and strengthened you has Christ in them. So you have to abide. You have to stay. You have to stay in the word. Hallelujah. If you can and you have the time, try living in the word. Specifically after a stumble. Specifically after a fall. Or when you come back to Christ, try living in the word. And that means whenever I have time, I'm opening my Bible. I'm trying to gain an understanding. I'm trying to, you know, not so much build a rapport. I'm trying to strengthen the relationship I have. That I may have all to gain in the end. And I give God all thanks and praise. For all the things he's brought us through, I thank God. This night, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you cover and you keep us, you give us the strength to move forward. I know the joy of the Lord is our strength. I know you have kept us. You brought us this far, and you you haven't brought us this far to leave us. So, God, it is my sincere prayer, God, that everyone who hears this knows that they are no longer under the bondage of sin. And that, Lord, that the sins of their past, hallelujah, you have forgotten. When they repented, you forgot that sin. You you tossed it to the side. Hallelujah, that we no longer have to go back to the things that we have already gotten repentance for and forgiveness for. We can renew our minds and no longer set our minds on those things, but the things of Christ. The word says, set your mind on things above not things below we should have a heavenly mindset we should have a mindset that all things are working for my good even when it doesn't look like it's working for your good when it looks like it's working for your bad and God says I need you to keep going and you say Lord I don't think I can take anymore but he never puts more on us than we can bear and he knows just when we can't take anymore So sometimes we have to endure some things. Sometimes we have to endure pain. Sometimes we have to endure stress. Sometimes we have to endure things in our life. I remember when I had kidney stones, I had pain on pain on pain. And I and I kept saying just just stay out stay out of out of the office. Stay out of work. You know, you work you work as a custodian and you're gonna be on your feet all day. Just just stop going and in the midst of all the pain and all the doctor's appointments. I went to, I came to work and I did my shift and I'd go home and I'd go to, go to a doctor's appointment and I'd reschedule doctor's appointments and I'd be in and out of the hospital because of that pain. 
because I couldn't endure and handle the pain. But I didn't stop working. I didn't give up. I didn't just say I was going to lay there and, and scream, I'm in pain and there's nothing I can do about it and it won't go away. I took action. I made the appointments. I, I, I talked to the doctor about scheduling my surgery. I did, I went through the process and the steps. I walked and think we got to go through the process and the steps because sometimes it's the process that gets us. You say, I, I've done everything I was supposed to do. But why the test? God even tells us, chance falls upon us all. Which in a way means, out of fairness and out of free will and out of the fact that there is a good and an evil. Bad things just happen sometimes. People die. People get sick. Things happen that we may not always know the reason. The one reason I think it's hidden is because number one, it strengthens our faith, but number two, it literally says in the word, chance affects us all. It literally says in the word that when we are born again, we are born into his sufferings. He cries every tear. Every tear we cry. He cries with us. Everything we endure, every pain we feel, he feels with us. God feels our pain. Well, I thank you for all those who chose to listen tonight. And I thank you. For, I thank you for listening. And I pray that the peace of God may dwell in your home throughout the night. And remain there. And that God's love. Hallelujah. That God will wrap his arms around you with his love. Thank you. For listening. Peace to you all. Jonathan Jacob. That's my full name. I am currently coming to you with a message. The message is simply this. In John 15, it says, Abide in me and I in you, that together we may produce much fruit. But if we don't abide in Christ, we have we have no inheritance. Not only are we lost. Are spiritually dead. That's what the word says. We're spiritually dead without Christ. And when we are saved, He gives us new life. That's when we become new creatures. That's when we're born not of man, but of the Spirit. And there's a lot of life in that. So today I'm not aiming to talk long or, you know, get get a, a following I'm, I'm just talking tonight on the merits of what we believe and what we stand on and that's not a building made of bricks or gold or, or stone or any 
exalted thing. It's not. It's not the walls. Understanding that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost, and the Spirit of God is within us. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. That's what keeps us committed. That's what keeps us going. That's what gives us the faith to go on to know that we have a strong relationship with God. It's, it's hard to quit when, when you have a relationship. It, it's hard for me to just run away when I know you. I'm accountable to you when I know you. And I respect you. I'm going to keep my commitment to you out of respect for you. But what makes this more important is the fact that God is not a man. I didn't say God is not a man that he should lie. I said God is not a man. He's not. He's not a man. He's not. He doesn't fall short the way we do. And we, we can't see him the same way even when we look at Jesus. Jesus is a part of the Holy Trinity. So there's a respect and honor and a reverence that goes there. I know the word says he's faithful and just to forgive us, but how many times do we have to stumble or continue to keep falling into the things he saved and removed us from? saved you. He brought you out of that thing so that you could prosper. So, tonight my main goal is just to give the message of the truth of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins. If he had not shed that blood for our sins, we would still be in bondage to our desires. He freed us from the bondage of our own desires further into his presence so I thank you for having an ear to listen to the message and I want to say I love every one of you because how can I have love for God if I don't have love for you a lot of you will maybe get mad at me I love the murderers I love the adulterers but only as far as a, God, a love of God. I get angry. I get mad. I don't like the way things go down. I don't like the stuff people do. But at the end of the day, I, you have to can combat hate with love. And one thing I've done that I've asked God repentance for is, is put the acts of a man before the true and living God. I'm just going to be humble, all right, honest. I've been posting a lot on this on man, ex-pastor Kevin Wesley and Dr. Ray Hagen because they left. But not only did they leave, they took other people with them. And me, I did not have love in my heart when I thought about it because it reminded me of Satan. be real about it and it reminded me of Satan not only did he fall but the people that followed him and 
wanted the things he wanted and lusted after the things he lusted after when with him. So out of compassion, my goal was to expose this man. But he already have quite a following on YouTube. So sometimes you just gotta let the truth do what it does. And let God be God. So, yeah. I had to repent for that. Because people don't understand when you love God, you have to love God's creation. And there will come times of correction, but correction should not be done in hate. And when I say that, a lot of people think that the things we say and we do are right because of the passion and the zeal. But it's the passion and the zeal that gives us such a strong hate for the things he hates. But he said, don't hate the people. You read the scripture, it said, read that scripture, it didn't say hate the people. It said hate. I, I hate them with a with a hate that's real. But not because they are who they are. But if you read the scripture in context and the verses around it, because of the things they have done, I hate them with a perfect hate. I cannot build a strong trust and a relationship with a murderer or an adulterer or a liar that has not repented and turned back to God. Because then I become a hypocrite. Then the things I aim to preach and teach, I, I not so much condone, but I accept. this day just come to say this one simple thing probably three things number one main focus should be God in our lives stop paying attention to the things that are going on in the world if you're not focusing to pray if your intent is not to build up a prayer or gain an understanding of what's going on or keep your spiritual eyes open turn off the news Stop focusing on the events of the world because all it's going to do is bring sadness. Bring sadness, anger, hatred, or even just nothing. The nothing that it brings can cause harm because our focus should be Christ. When I say our focus should be Christ, a lot of people say, a lot of people say, our focus should be Christ and Christ alone. No. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. They're three in one. They're united. Number one. At least on that. The, the second point on, on that same thought would be um, that God is a main focus in our lives. What does that actually mean? It means that my life should bear fruit. It means that what's written in that word should be a part of my life doesn't mean that I should be quoting scriptures in people's faces and yelling and screaming at them to repent. At least not if I'm <laughs> called to be evangelist. I'm, I'm not I'm not fronting on them the way anybody chooses to evangelize or give away the gospel. I'm not. That's not what I've, I've come to talk about tonight. I've come to speak on this. How we show God's love. And that's through the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, self-control, peace, contentment. I don't, I'm not going to quote all of them, but you live by those fruits. When it said your life was meant to bear fruit, 
How are we showing love? How, how are you showing people that you can keep your peace and self-control? Kindness. Hallelujah. How, many pe- how are you showing patience to people? Because when you begin to show people I'm patient, they can see fruit. They know that you're living the things that you're speaking. Every day I thank God. I thank Him in sickness. I thank Him in health. I thank Him in wealth. I thank Him in weakness. I thank Him when I'm up. I thank Him when I'm down. Hallelujah. Marvin Winans sang a song and I'm, he said, in all things give thanks. That's what he said. And all, on all things give thanks but there's a scripture that bears witness to that as well but I like, like a part that he says um, you have to learn to lay aside every weight that easily besets you because we know that all things work together to them that are called according to his purpose that means that means um, even though I may not like what's going on in the end God gets the glory hallelujah if you begin to start reading these stories that people were sold into slavery people were caught up in in dangerous situations so when you hear them say count it all joy when they hear them say you can be content when they say i have a plan to prosper you that scripture if you read it in context reverts goes back to the fact that jeremiah was telling the people that you were going into 40 years of slavery so god will prosper you in that he has a plan to prosper you he has a plan to keep you even in slavery so do not run away do not run away from the things that that god has called us unto so many people want to run away from things he's called you unto because it's not comfortable because it's difficult because it's not working i want to give up on it i want to start again i want to figure out what i did wrong why do i deserve this i'm not making enough money on my job things aren't going my way can't get where I need to go. God sometimes places us in inconvenient places so that we can bless other people. Somebody needs to see you there. And not so much see you going up, but your spirit can heal that place. Like my current job, even though I'm on furlough, I'm continuing to pray for the, the government to open and I'm continuing continually praying that whatever purpose God has for me in that building will be fulfilled specifically when I leave I don't want to leave there knowing that God still has a purpose and a plan for me because when you do that you're stepping out on your own will and oftentimes we want to run away from a job because we don't we don't like the way it goes but you don't know how much of a blessing you are to the people on that job they need you so many people are running from places that they need to be and and everything's not comfortable and it's not the way you want it but god may have placed you in that church god may have placed you in that house god may have placed you on that job to be a light in darkness that's what we're supposed to be everywhere we go we as Christians have gotten to this place where we just want to hang out with the people that are in the light. And that's why I, I'm not saying, you know, let all the unsaved people into your church. I'm not saying, you know, that every per- homeless person should have free entry and free roam in, into 
the church building, what, I, what I'm saying is that when we gather, our goal should be to gather, not even to spread the word if that's not your calling, but when you get it, even if you just go home to your family, and your family may be saved, but they may not have heard the word you heard, when you get it, give it to somebody else. If you read something, hallelujah, that's been on your heart, and you feel that the Lord is leading you to tell somebody else, go tell somebody. It doesn't have to be on evangelism and, and holiness, holiness, holiness. Share a word. Just have a conversation, a normal conversation. Somebody talk about um being kind or being faithful in a relationship or being honest. Those things are in the Bible. So yes, if you, you're in the right place at the right time and you're called upon by the Lord to speak, go ahead. And if you just say, even if you just say, um, I was feeling down and I looked at the scripture and God told me, count it all joy. Like the scripture, um, I believe it's second, first Corinthians 10, 13. But if I'm wrong, correct me on this. It says that we overcome temptation with joy. Because when I walked into this year, God gave me a word. The word he gave me shocked me. The word he gave me, he was talking about how when we stumble and when we fall, when we go back into the camp, we go back into our camp, the camp with our head hanging low. And when you do that, it's an open call for the enemy to come in and attack you. Because now he's moving on the guilt of where you were. Once you repent and turn back to God, once you repent when you're saved, you're, you're no longer in a sin mindset. So whether you're whether you're um, rededicating or repenting for the first time or repenting again, either one of those three, whatever, whichever one of those three that you're doing, understand that when God forgives you, He's with you. He's fighting with you. He doesn't want you to lose. He wants you to win. So you got to go back into you got to walk back onto that battlefield with with your um, with with your sword in your hand, which is the word. You you gotta you know read that word like it's life to you, like you can't live without it. But the most important part of that, and the thing that people are not getting, they'll read their word and 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 they'll be solemn and they'll be cross about what was going on with them. No, lift up your hands, even if just in your home, and say, thank God I made it out. And have joy. Because when you overcome temptation, when you say, that was where I was and that's not where I'm going, I'm not there no more. I don't live on that street. I don't live that life no more. That's no longer me. And that guilt should fall off of you. You should be able to walk in the truth of what you know and stand on the word of God. And if you feel and if you feel weak, if you feel insecure, if you don't feel right about 
this conversion, then you go back to the word. Then you go back to God in prayer. Then you seek him diligently and say, Lord, I need your help. I feel like I'm about to stumble and fall again. Because the word says he's because of the grace he's given us, we don't have to stumble. Stop seeking him after you stumble. When you feel the stumble about to happen, seek him. God is our father. So when you were younger and you were learning to ride your bike or you were first learning to walk and you fell, who picked you back up? Your father. Most of us would probably say our mother, but I'm trying to make a point. (laughs) Your father. Your father was the one that picked you back up, dusted you off, and said, hey, Go into this thing without fear. No, I'm standing behind you. No, I got your back. No, I'm with you. No, I've got you covered. So this year, he gave me that message. And I'll, and I'll give that as the Lord tells me to give it. But that we don't have to live in fear of what we once did. That it, it shouldn't haunt you like an omen. It shouldn't, shouldn't stand over you in the morning and say, Hey, you're not supposed to go back into so-and-so. And you need to stay away from this. And you're not going to go back into so-and-so. No, you need to walk out there with your head held high saying, This door is closed. It's shut. It's locked. I'm not going back. Change your mindset. Change your thought process. Hallelujah. Read your word and get what you need from the word and it will change your life a lot of us are still in bondage to sins we don't even commit because we're taught as we're taught through church that you have to be solemn about it you have to you have to be cross about it. You have to look at it and examine yourself. Why did I sin? Why did I fall? Why did I stumble? Jesus forgot. He threw it into a sea of forgetfulness. He will not remember it. He doesn't even look back on that sea he threw it into. If I were to use an example, I'd say he, he throws our sins like pebbles into that sea. And they fall into the bottom of that sea. They slowly fall to the bottom of the sea, you know, making that sploosh sound, you know, when you throw a rock into the water. That you can't see the sin anymore. Now, the enemy and the devil will continue to try to get you to see where you were and try to reform that broken you that kept falling back into this thing. But the healed and strengthened you will be able to stand. The healed and strengthened you will get the glory. Well, God will get the glory, but the healed and strengthened you will share in the victory we have in Christ Jesus. Because the healed and strengthened you has Christ in them. So you have to abide. You have to stay. 
You have to stay in the word. Hallelujah. If you can and you have the time, try living in the word. Specifically after a stumble. Specifically after a fall. Or when you come back to Christ, try living in the word. And that means whenever I have time, I'm opening my Bible. I'm trying to gain an understanding. I'm trying to, you know... Not so much build a rapport. I'm trying to strengthen the relationship I have. That I may have all to gain in the end. And I give God all thanks and praise. Hallelujah. For all the things he's brought us through. I thank God. This night, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you cover and you keep us. You give us the strength to move forward. I know the joy of the Lord is our strength. I know you have kept us. You brought us this far, and you, you haven't brought us this far to leave us. So, God, it is my sincere prayer, God, that everyone who hears this knows that they are no longer under the bondage of sin. And that, Lord, for the sins of their past, hallelujah, you have forgotten. When they repented, you forgot that sin. You, you tossed it to the side. Hallelujah, that we no longer have to go back to the things that we have already gotten repentance for and forgiveness for. We can renew our minds and no longer set our minds on those things, but the things of Christ. The word says, set your mind on things above, not things below. We should have a heavenly mindset. We should have a mindset that all things are working for my good. Even when it doesn't look like it's working for your good. When it looks like it's working for your bad. And God says, I need you to keep going. And you say, Lord, I don't think I can take anymore. But he never puts more on us than we can bear. And he knows just when. We can't take anymore. So sometimes we have to endure some things. Sometimes we have to endure pain. Sometimes we have to endure stress. Sometimes we have to endure things in our life. I remember when I had kidney stones, I had pain on pain on pain. And I and I kept saying, just just stay out, stay out of out of the office, stay out of work. You know, you work you work as a custodian and it, you're gonna be on your feet all day. Just just stop going and in the midst of all the pain and all the doctor's appointments. I went to, I came to work and I did my shift and I'd go home and I'd go to, go to a doctor's appointment and I'd reschedule doctor's appointments and I'd be in and out of the hospital because of that pain. Because I couldn't endure and handle the pain. But I didn't stop working. I didn't give up. I didn't just say I was going to lay there. And scream, I'm in pain, and there's nothing I can do about it, and it won't go away. I took action. I made the appointments. I, I, I talked to the doctor about scheduling my surgery. I did. I went through the process and the steps. Now, walk the thing. We gotta go through the process and the steps, because sometimes it's the process that gets us. You say, I, I've done everything I was supposed to do. But why the test? God even tells us, chance falls upon us all. Which in a way means, out of fairness and out of free will and out of the fact that there is a good and an evil. 
bad things just happen sometimes. People die. People get sick. Things happen that we may not always know the reason. And the one reason I think it's hidden is because number one, it strengthens our faith, but number two, it literally says in the word, chance affects us all. It literally says in the word that when we are born again, we are born into his sufferings. He cries every tear. Every tear we cry. He cries with us. Every thing we endure, every pain we feel, he feels with us. God feels our pain. Well, I thank you for all those who chose to listen tonight. listening and I pray that the peace of God may dwell in your home throughout the night and remain there and that God's love hallelujah that God will wrap his arms around you with his love thank you for listening peace to you all Jonathan Jacob. That's my own full name. I am currently coming to you with a message. The message is simply this. In John 15, it says, Abide in me and I in you, that together we may produce much fruit. But if we don't abide in Christ, we have we have no inheritance. Not only are we lost. Spiritually dead. That's what the word says. We're spiritually dead without Christ. And when we are saved, He gives us new life. That's when we become new creatures. That's when we're born not of man, but of the Spirit. And there's a lot of life in it. So today I'm not aiming to talk long or, you know, get get a, a following I'm, I'm just talking tonight on the merits of what we believe and what we stand on and that's not a building made of bricks or gold or, or stone or any exalted thing it's not, it's not the walls understanding that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God is within us us committed. That's what keeps us going. That's what gives us the faith to go on to know that we have a strong relationship with God. It's it's hard to quit when when you have a relationship. It's hard for me to just run away when I know you. I'm accountable to you when I know you. And I respect you. I'm going to keep my commitment to you out of respect for you. But what makes this more important is the fact that God is not a man. I didn't say God is not a man that he should lie. I said God is not a man. He's not. He's not a man. 
he's not he doesn't fall short the way we do and we we can't see him the same way even when we look at Jesus Jesus is a part of the holy trinity so there's a respect and honor and a reverence that goes to him in other words as he's faithful and just to forgive us but how many times do we have to stumble or continue to keep falling into the things he saved and removed us from? He saved you. He brought you out of that thing so that you could prosper. So tonight, my main goal is just to give the message of the truth of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins. If he had not shed that blood for our sins, we would still be in bondage to our desires. He freed us from the bondage of our own desires. Further into his presence. So I thank you for having an ear to listen to the message. And I want to say I love every one of you because how can I have love for God if I don't have love for you a lot of you will get mad at me I love the murderers I love the adulterers but only as far as a a love of God I get angry I get mad I don't like the way things go down I don't like the stuff people do but at the end of the day you have to combat hate with love And one thing I've done that I've asked God repentance for is is put the acts of a man before the true and living God. And I'm just going to be humble, all right, honest. I've been posting a lot on this on man, ex-pastor Kevin Wesley and Dr. Ray Hagen because they left. But not only did they leave, they took other people with them. And me, I did not have love in my heart when I thought about it because it reminded me of Satan. I can just be real about it. It reminded me of Satan. Not only did he fall, but the people that followed him and wanted the things he wanted and lusted after the things he lusted after went with him. So out of compassion, my goal was to expose this man. But he already have quite a following on YouTube. So sometimes you just got to let the truth do what it does. And let God be God. So, yeah. people don't understand when you love God you have to love God's creation and there will come times of correction but correction should not be done in hate and when I say that a lot of people think that the things we say and we do are right because of the passion and the zeal but it's the passion and the zeal that gives us such a strong hate for the things he hates but he said don't hate the people read the scripture it said read that scripture it didn't say hate the people it said hate I, I hate them 
with a with a hate that's real. But not because they are who they are. But if you read the scripture in context and the verses around it, because of the things they have done, I hate them with a perfect hate. I cannot build a strong trust and relationship with a murderer or an adulterer or a liar that has not repented and turned back to God. Because then I become a hypocrite. Then the things I aim to preach and teach, I, I not so much condone, but I accept. So this day, just come to say this one simple thing. Probably three things. Number one, main focus should be God in our lives. Stop paying attention to the things that are going on in the world. If you're not focusing to pray, if your intent is not to build up a prayer or gain an understanding of what's going on or keep your spiritual eyes open, turn off the news. Stop focusing on the events of the world because all it's going to do is bring sadness. Bring sadness, anger, hatred, or even just nothing. The nothing that it brings can cause harm because our focus should be Christ. When I say our focus should be Christ, a lot of people say, a lot of people say, our focus should be Christ and Christ alone. No. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. They're three in one. They're united. Number one. At least on that, the, the second point on, on that same thought would be, um, that God is a main focus in our lives. What does that actually mean? It means that my life should bear fruit. It means that what's written in that word should be a part of my life. It doesn't mean that I should be quoting scriptures in people's faces and yelling and screaming at them to repent. At least not if I'm <laughs> called to be evangelist. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fronting on them the way anybody chooses to evangelize or give away the gospel. I'm not that's not what I've, I've come to talk about tonight. What I've come to speak on is how we show God's love. And that's through the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, self-control, peace, contentment. I don't, I'm not going to quote all of them, but you live by those fruits. When it said your life was meant to bear fruit, how are we showing love? How, how are you showing people that you can keep your peace and self-control? kindness hallelujah how many people how are you showing patience to people because when you begin to show people I'm patient they can see fruit they know that you're living the things that you're speaking every day I thank God I thank him in sickness I thank him in health I thank him in wealth I thank him in weakness I thank him when I'm up I thank him when I'm down hallelujah Marvin Winans sang a song and I'm he said in all things give thanks that's what he said and he said on all things give thanks but there's a scripture that bears witness to that as well but I like like a part that he says um, you have to learn to lay aside every weight that easily besets you because we know that all things work together to them that are called according to his purpose. That means that means um, 
even though I may not like what's going on in the end, God gets the glory. Hallelujah. If you begin to start reading these stories, these people were sold into slavery. These people were caught up in, in dangerous situations. So when you hear them say, count it all joy, when they hear them say, you can be content, when they say, I have a plan to prosper you, that scripture, if you read it in context, reverts, goes back to the fact that Jeremiah was telling the people that you were going into 40 years of slavery. So God will prosper you in that. He has a plan to prosper you. He has a plan to keep you even in slavery. So do not run away. Do not run away from the things that, that God has called us unto. So many people want to run away from things He's called you unto because it's not comfortable, because it's difficult, because it's not working. I want to give up on it. I want to start again. I want to figure out what I did wrong. Why do I deserve this? I'm not making enough money on my job. Things aren't going my way. I can't get where I need to go. God sometimes places us in inconvenient places so that we can bless other people. Somebody needs to see you there. And not so much see you going up, but your spirit can heal that place. Like my current job, even though I'm on furlough, I'm continuing to pray for the the government to open and I'm continually praying that whatever purpose God has for me in that building will be fulfilled specifically when I leave. I don't want to leave there knowing that God still has a purpose and a plan for me because when you do that, you're stepping out on your own will. And oftentimes we want to run away from a job because we we don't like the way it goes but you don't know how much of a blessing you are to the people on that job they need you so many people are running from places that they need to be and and everything's not comfortable and it's not the way you want it but god may have placed you in that church god may have placed you in that house god may have placed you on that job to be a light in darkness that's what we're supposed to be everywhere we go We as Christians have gotten to this place where we just want to hang out with the people that are in the light. And that's why I'm not saying, you know, let all the unsaved people into your church. I'm not saying, you know, that every homeless person should have free entry and free roam into the church building. What What I'm saying is that when we gather, our goal should be to gather, not even to spread the word if that's not your calling, but when you get it, even if you just go home to your family, and your family may be saved, but they may not have heard the word you heard, when you get it, give it to somebody else. If you read something, hallelujah, that's been on your heart, and you feel that the Lord is leading you to tell somebody else, go tell somebody doesn't have to be on evangelism and and holiness, holiness, holiness. Share a word. Just have a conversation, a normal conversation. Somebody talk about um, being kind or being faithful in a relationship or being honest. Those things are in the Bible. yes if you're in the right place at the right time and you're called upon by the Lord to speak go ahead 
even if you just say, even if you just say, um, I was feeling down and I looked at the scripture and God told me count it all joy. Like the scripture, um, I believe it's second, first Corinthians 10, 13. And if I'm wrong, correct me on this. It says that we overcome temptation with joy. So when I walked into this year, God gave me a word. The word he gave me shocked me. The word he gave me, he was talking about how when we stumble and when we fall, when we go back into the camp, we go back into our camp, the camp with our head hanging low. And when you do that, it's an open call for the enemy to come in and attack you. Because now he's moving on the guilt of where you were. Once you repent and turn back to God, once you repent when you're saved, you're you're no longer in a sin mindset. So whether you're whether you're um rededicating or repenting for the first time or repenting again, either one of those three, whatever, whichever one of those three that you're doing, understand. That when God forgives you, he's with you. He's fighting with you. He doesn't want you to lose. He wants you to win. So you got to go back into, you got to walk back onto that battlefield with, with your, um, with, with your sword in your hand, which is the word you got, you got to, you know, read that word like it's life to you like you can't live without it but the most important part of that and the thing that people are not getting they'll read their word and 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 they'll be solemn and they'll be cross about what was going on with them no lift up your hands even if just in your home and say thank god i made it out and have joy Because when you overcome temptation, when you say that was where I was and that's not where I'm going, I'm not there no more. I don't live on that street. I don't live that life no more. That's no longer me. And that guilt should fall off of you. You should be able to walk in the truth of what you know and stand on the word of God. And if you feel and if you feel weak, if you feel insecure, if you don't feel right about this conversion, then you go back to the word. Then you go back to God in prayer. Then you seek him diligently and say, Lord, I need your help. I feel like I'm about to stumble and fall again. Because the word says he's because of the grace he's given us, we don't have to stumble. Stop seeking him after you stumble. When you feel the stumble about to happen, seek him. God is our father. So when you were younger and you were learning to ride your bike or you were first learning to walk and you fell, who picked you back up? Your father. Most of us would probably say our mother, but I'm trying to make it. Your father. Your father was the one that picked you back up, dusted you off, and said, Hey, go into this thing without fear. No, I'm standing behind you. No, I got your back. No, I'm with you. No, I've got you covered. 
So this year, he gave me that message. And I'll, and I'll give that as the Lord tells me to give it, but that we don't have to live in fear of what we once did. That it, it shouldn't haunt you like an omen. It shouldn't, shouldn't stand over you in the morning and say, hey, you're not supposed to go back into so-and-so, and you need to stay away from this, and you're not going to go back into so-and-so. No, you need to walk out there with your head held high saying, this door is closed, it's shut, it's locked, I'm not going back. Change your mindset. Change your thought process. Hallelujah. Read your word and get what you need from the word and it will change your life a lot of us are still in bondage to sins we don't even commit because we're taught as we're taught through church that you have to be solemn about it you have to you have to be cross about it. You have to look at it and examine yourself. Why did I sin? Why did I fall? Why did I stumble? Jesus forgot. He threw it into a sea of forgetfulness. He will not remember it. He doesn't even look back on that sea he threw it into. If I were to use an example, I'd say he, he throws our sins like pebbles into that sea. And they fall into the bottom of that sea. They slowly fall to the bottom of the sea, you know, making that sploosh sound, you know, when you throw a rock into the water. That you can't see the sin anymore. Now, the enemy and the devil will continue to try to get you to see where you were and try to reform that broken you that kept falling back into this thing. But the healed and strengthened you will be able to stand. The healed and strengthened you will get the glory. Well, God will get the glory. But the healed and strengthened you will share in the victory we have in Christ Jesus. Because the healed and strengthened you has Christ in them. So you have to abide. You have to stay. You have to stay in the word. Hallelujah. If you can and you have the time, try living in the word. Specifically after a stumble. Specifically after a fall. Or when you come back to Christ, try living in the word. And that means whenever I have time, I'm opening my Bible. I'm trying to gain an understanding. I'm trying to, you know... Not so much build a rapport. I'm trying to strengthen the relationship I have. That I may have all to gain in the end. And I give God all thanks and praise. Hallelujah. For all the things he's brought us through. I thank God. This night, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you cover and you keep us. You give us the strength to move forward. I know the joy of the Lord is our strength. I know you have kept us. You brought us this far. And you you haven't brought us this far to leave us. So God, it is my sincere prayer, God, that everyone who hears this knows that they are no longer under the bondage of sin. And that, Lord, for the sins of their past, hallelujah, you have forgotten. When they repented, you forgot that sin. 
you you toss it to the side hallelujah that we no longer have to go back to the things that we have already gotten repentance for and forgiveness for we can renew our minds and no longer set our minds on those things but the things of Christ the word says set your mind on things above not things below have a heavenly mindset. We should have a mindset that all things are working for my good. Even when it doesn't look like it's working for your good. When it looks like it's working for your bad. And God says, I need you to keep going. And you say, Lord, I don't think I can take anymore. But he never puts more on us than we can bear. And he knows just when. We can't take anymore. So sometimes we have to endure some things Sometimes we have to endure pain. Sometimes we have to endure stress. Sometimes we have to endure things in our life. I remember when I had kidney stones, I had pain on pain on pain. And I and I kept saying, just just stay out, stay out of out of the office, stay out of work. You know, you work you work as a custodian and it, you're gonna be on your feet all day. Just just stop going. And in the midst of all the pain and all the doctor's appointments, I went to I came to work and I did my shift and I'd go home and I'd go to, go to a doctor's appointment and I'd reschedule doctor's appointments and I'd be in and out of the hospital because of that pain. Because I couldn't endure and handle the pain. But I didn't stop working. I didn't give up. I didn't just say I was going to lay there and, and scream I'm in pain and there's nothing I can do about it and it won't go away took action I made the appointments I, I, I talked to the doctor about scheduling my surgery I did I went through the process and the steps I walked the thing we gotta go through the process and the steps cause sometimes it's the process that gets us guys you'll say I, I've done everything I was supposed to do but why the test God even tells us, chance falls upon us all, which in a way means out of fairness and out of free will and out of the fact that there is a good and an evil, bad things just happen sometimes. People die. People get sick. Things happen that we may not always know the reason. The one reason I think it's hidden because number one it strengthens our faith but number two it literally says in the word chance affects us all it literally says in the word that when we are born again we are born into his sufferings he cries every tear every tear we cry he cries with us everything we endure every pain we feel he feels with us God feels our those who chose to listen tonight and I thank you for, I thank you for listening and I pray that the peace of God may dwell in your home throughout the night and remain there and that God's love hallelujah that God will wrap his arms around you with his love 
Jonathan Jacob. That's my full name. I am currently coming to you with a message. The message is simply this. In John 15, it says, Abide in me and I in you, that together we may produce much fruit. But if we don't abide and we leave in Christ, we have have no inheritance. Not only are we lost, we are spiritually dead. That's what the word says. We're spiritually dead without Christ. And when we are saved, He gives us new life. That's when we become new creatures. That's when we're born not of man, but of the Spirit. And there's a lot of life in that. So today I'm not aiming to talk long or, you know, get get a, a following. I'm, I'm just talking tonight on the merits of what we believe and what we stand on. And that's not a building made of bricks or gold or or stone or any exalted thing. It's not it's not the walls. Understand that we are the temples of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God is within us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's what keeps us committed. That's what keeps us going. That's what gives us the faith to go on to know we have a strong relationship with God. It's it's hard to quit when when you have a relationship. It's hard for me to just run away when I know you. I'm accountable to you when I know you. And I respect you. I'm going to keep my commitment to you out of respect for you. What makes this more important is the fact that God is not a man. I didn't say God is not a man, that he should lie. I said God is not a man. He's not. He's not a man. He's not. He doesn't fall short the way we do. And we we can't see him the same way. Even when we look at Jesus, Jesus is a part of the Holy Trinity. So there's a respect and honor and a reverence that goes to him. I know the word says he's faithful and just to forgive us, but how many times do we have to stumble or continue to keep falling into the things he saved and removed us from? He saved you. He brought you out of that thing so that you could prosper. So tonight, my main goal is just to give the message of the truth of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins. If he had not shed that blood for our sins, we would still be in bondage to our desires. He freed us from the bondage of our own desires further into his presence. So I thank you for having an ear to listen to the message. And I want to say I love every one of you. Because how can I have love for God if I don't have love for you? A lot of people may get mad at me. I love the murderers. I love the adulterers. But only as far as 
got a love of God. I get angry. I get mad. I don't like the way things go down. I don't like the stuff people do. But at the end of the day, I, you have to can combat hate with love. And one thing I've done that I've asked God repentance for is, is put the acts of a man before the true and living God. I'm just going to be humble all right honest. I've been posting a lot on this on man, ex-pastor Kevin Wesley and Dr. Ray Hagen because they left. But not only did they leave, they took other people with them. And me, I did not have love in my heart when I thought about it because it reminded me of Satan. be real about it and it reminded me of Satan not only did he fall but the people that followed him and wanted the things he wanted and lusted after the things he lusted after went with him so out of compassion my goal was to expose this man but he already have quite a following on YouTube so sometimes you just gotta let the truth do what it does and let God be God so yeah I had to repent for that because people don't understand when you love God you have to love God's creation and there will come times of correction but correction should not be done in hate and when I say that a lot of people think that the things we say and we do are right because of the passion and the zeal but it's the passion and the zeal that gives us such a strong hate for the things he hates but he said don't hate the people you read the scripture it said read that scripture it didn't say hate the people it said hate I, I hate them with a with a hate that's real but not because they are who they are. But if you read the scripture in context and the verses around it, because of the things they have done, I hate them with a perfect hate. I cannot build a strong trust and relationship with a murderer or an adulterer or a liar that has not repented and turned back to God. Because then I become a hypocrite. Then the things I aim to preach and teach I, I not so much condone, but I accept. So this day, just come to say this one simple thing. Probably three things. Number one, main focus should be God in our lives. Stop paying attention to the things that are going on in the world. If you're not focusing to pray, if your intent is not to build up a prayer or gain an understanding of what's going on or keep your spiritual eyes open, turn off the news. Stop focusing on the events of the world because all it's going to do is bring sadness. Bring sadness, anger, hatred, or even just nothing. The nothing that it brings can cause harm because our focus should be Christ. Our focus should be Christ. A lot of people say, 
a lot of these our focus should be Christ and Christ alone no one for the Father one for the Son one for the Holy Ghost they're three in one they're united number one at least on that the, the second point on, on that same thought would be um that God is a main focus in our lives what does that actually mean it means that my life should bear fruit it means that what's written in that word should be a part of my life it doesn't mean that I should be quoting scriptures in people's faces and yelling and screaming at them to repent at least not if I'm <laughs> called to be evangelist I'm not, I'm not fronting on them the way anybody chooses to evangelize or give away the gospel I'm not that's not what I've, I've come to talk about tonight and I've come to speak on this how we show God's love and that's through the fruits of the spirit love joy self-control peace contentment I don't <laughs> I'm not gonna quote all of them but you live by those fruits when it said your life was meant to bear fruit how are we showing love how how are you showing people that you can keep your peace and self-control kindness hallelujah how many people how are you showing patience to people because when you begin to show people I'm patient, they can see fruit. They know that you're living the things that you're speaking. Every day I thank God. I thank Him in sickness. I thank Him in health. I thank Him in wealth. I thank Him in weakness. I thank Him when I'm up. I thank Him when I'm down. Hallelujah. <laughs> Mar- Marvin Winans sang a song and I'm, he said, In all things give thanks. That's what he said. And he said, on all things give thanks. But there's a scripture that bears witness to that as well. But I like like a part that he says, um, you have to learn to lay aside every weight that easily besets you. Because we know that all things work together to them that are called according to his purpose. That means, that means, um, even though I may not like what's going on in the end, God gets the glory. Hallelujah. If you begin to start reading these stories, these people were sold into slavery. These people were caught up in, in dangerous situations. So when you hear them say, count it all joy, when they hear them say, you can be content, when they say, I have a plan to prosper you, that scripture, if you read it in context, reverts, goes back to the fact that Jeremiah was telling the people that you were going into 40 years of slavery. So God will prosper you in that. He has a plan to prosper you. He has a plan to keep you even in slavery. So do not run away. Do not run away from the things that, that God has called us unto. So many people want to run away from things he's called you unto because it's not comfortable, because it's difficult, because it's not working. I want to give up on it. I want to start again. I want to figure out what I did wrong. Why do I deserve this? I'm not making enough money on my job. Things aren't going my way. I can't get where I need to go. God sometimes places us in inconvenient places so that we can bless other people. Somebody needs to see you there. And not so much see you going up, but your spirit can heal that place. Like my current job, even though I'm on furlough, I'm continuing to pray for the the government to open and I'm continuing continually praying that whatever purpose God has for me in that building 
will be fulfilled specifically when I leave I don't want to leave there knowing that God still has a purpose and a plan for me because when you do that you're stepping out on your own will and oftentimes we want to run away from a job because we don't we don't like the way it goes but you don't know how much of a blessing you are to the people on that job they need you so many people are running from places that they need to be and and everything's not comfortable and it's not the way you want it but God may have placed you in that church God may have placed you in that house God may have placed you on that job to be a light in darkness that's what we're supposed to be everywhere we go we as Christians have gotten to this place where we just want to hang out with the people that are in the light that's why I'm not saying you know let all the unsaved people into your church I'm not saying you know that every homeless person should have free entry and free roam into the church building What what I'm saying is that when we gather our goal should be to gather not even to spread the word if that's not your calling but when you get it even if you just go home to your family And your family may be saved. But they may not have heard the word you heard. When you get it, give it to somebody else. If you read something, hallelujah, that's been on your heart. And you feel that the Lord is leading you to tell somebody else. Go tell somebody. It doesn't have to be on evangelism and and holiness, holiness, holiness. Share a word. Just have a conversation, a normal conversation. Somebody talk about um being kind or being faithful in a relationship or being honest. Those things are in the Bible. So yes, if you, you're in the right place at the right time and you're called upon by the Lord to speak, go ahead. Even if you just say, even if you just say, um, I was feeling down and I looked at the scripture and God told me count it all joy. Like the scripture, um, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But if I'm wrong, correct me on this. It says that we overcome temptation with joy. So when I walked into this year, God gave me a word. The word he gave me shocked me. The word he gave me, he was talking about how when we stumble and when we fall, when we go back into the camp, we go back into our camp, the camp with our head hanging low. And when you do that, it's an open call for the enemy to come in and attack you. Because now he's moving on the guilt of where you were. Once you repent and turn back to God, once you repent when you're saved, you're, you're no longer in a sin mindset. So whether you're whether you're um, rededicating or repenting for the first time or repenting again, either one of those three, whatever, whichever one of those three that you're doing, understand that when God forgives you, He's with you. He's fighting with you. He doesn't want you to lose. He wants you to win. So you got to go back into. You got to walk back onto that battlefield 
with, with your um, with, with your sword in your hand at that which is the word you you gotta you know read that word like it's life to you like you can't live without it but the most important part of that and the thing that people are not getting they'll read their word and 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 they'll be solemn and they'll be cross about what was going on with them no lift up your hands even if just in your home and say thank god i made it out and have joy Because when you overcome temptation, when you say that was where I was and that's not where I'm going, I'm not there no more. I don't live on that street. I don't live that life no more. That's no longer me. And that guilt should fall off of you. You should be able to walk in the truth of what you know and stand on the word of God. And if you feel and if you feel weak, if you feel insecure, if you don't feel right about this conversion, then you go back to the word. Then you go back to God in prayer. Then you seek him diligently and say, Lord, I need your help. I feel like I'm about to stumble and fall again. Because the word says he's because of the grace he's given us, we don't have to stumble. Stop seeking him after you stumble. When you feel the stumble about to happen, seek him. God is our father. So when you were younger, you were learning to ride your bike or you were first learning to walk and you fell. Who picked you back up? Your father. Most of us would probably say our mother, but I'm trying to make a point. Your father. Your father was the one that picked you back up, dusted you off, and said, Hey, go into this thing without fear. No, I'm standing behind you. No, I got your back. No, I'm with you. No, I've got you covered. So this year, he gave me that message. And I'll, and I'll give that as the Lord tells me to give it, but that we don't have to live in fear of what we once did. That it it shouldn't haunt you like an omen. It shouldn't shouldn't stand over you in the morning and say, hey, you're not supposed to go back into so-and-so and you need to stay away from this and you're not going to go back into so-and-so. No, you need to walk out there with your head held high saying, this door is closed, it's shut, it's locked, I'm not going back. Change your mindset change your thought process hallelujah read your word and get what you need from the word and it will change your life a lot of us are still in bondage to sins we don't even commit because we're taught as we're taught through church that you have to be solemn about it you have to You have to be cross about it. You have to look at it and examine yourself. Why did I sin? Why did I fall? Why did I stumble? Jesus forgot. He threw it into a sea of forgetfulness. He will not remember it. He doesn't even look back on that sea he threw it into. If I were to use an example, I'd say he he throws 
our sins like pebbles into that sea and they fall into the bottom of that sea they slowly fall to the bottom of the sea you know making that sploosh sound you know when you throw a rock into the water that you can't see the sin anymore now the enemy and the devil will continue to try to get you to see where you were and try to reform that broken you that kept falling back into this thing. But the healed and strengthened you will be able to stand. The healed and strengthened you will get the glory. Well, God will get the glory, but the healed and strengthened you will share in the victory we have in Christ Jesus. Because the healed and strengthened you has Christ in them. So you have to abide. You have to stay. You have to stay in the word. Hallelujah. If you can and you have the time, try living in the word. Specifically after a stumble, specifically after a fall, or when you come back to Christ, try living in the Word. And that means whenever I have time, I'm opening my Bible. I'm trying to gain an understanding. I'm trying to, you know, not so much build a rapport. I'm trying to strengthen the relationship I have. That I may have all to gain in the end. And I give God all thanks and praise. For all the things he's brought us through. I thank God. This night, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you cover and you keep us. You give us the strength to move forward. I know the joy of the Lord is our strength. I know you have kept us. You brought us this far. and You you haven't brought us this far to leave us. So, God, it is my sincere prayer, God, that everyone who hears this knows that they are no longer under the bondage of sin. And that, Lord, that the sins of their past, hallelujah, you have forgotten. When they repented, you forgot that sin. You, you tossed it to the side, hallelujah, that we no longer have to go back to the things that we have already gotten repentance for and forgiveness for. We can renew our minds and no longer set our minds on those things, but the things of Christ. The word says, set your mind on things above not things below we should have a heavenly mindset we should have a mindset that all things are working for my good even when it doesn't look like it's working for your good when it looks like it's working for your bad and God says I need you to keep going and you say Lord I don't think I can take anymore but he never puts more on us than we can bear and he knows just when we can't take anymore So sometimes we have to endure some things. Sometimes we have to endure pain. Sometimes we have to endure stress. Sometimes we have to endure things in our life. I remember when I had kidney stones, I had pain on pain on pain. And I and I kept saying just just stay out stay out of out of the office, stay out of work. You know, you work you work as a custodian and you're gonna be on your feet all day. Just just stop going and in the midst of all the pain and all the doctor's appointments. I went to, I came to work and I did my shift and I'd go home and I'd go go to a doctor's appointment and I'd reschedule doctor's appointments and I'd be in and out of the hospital because of that pain. 
because I couldn't endure and handle the pain. But I didn't stop working. I didn't give up. I didn't just say I was going to lay there and, and scream, I'm in pain and there's nothing I can do about it and it won't go away. I took action. I made the appointments. I, I, I talked to the doctor about scheduling my surgery. I did, I went through the process and the steps. I walked the feet, we gotta go through the process and the steps. Cause sometimes it's the process that gets us. Guys, you say, I, I've done everything I was supposed to do. But why the test? God even tells us, chance falls upon us all. Which in a way means out of fairness and out of free will and out of the fact that there is a good and an evil. Bad things just happen sometimes. People die. People get sick. Things happen that we may not always know the reason. The one reason I think it's hidden is because number one, it strengthens our faith, but number two, it literally says in the word chance affects us all it literally says in the word that when we are born again we are born into his sufferings he cries every tear every tear we cry he cries with us everything we endure every pain we feel he feels with us God feels our pain I thank you for all those who chose to listen tonight listening and I pray that the peace of God may dwell in your home throughout the night and remain there and that God's love hallelujah that God will wrap his arms around you with his love thank you for listening peace you